5.30. I'd like to call this meeting of the Plan Commission to order. Uh, we have a quorum. Is uh, uh, anyone registered for public comment? No. Are there any communications, disclosures, or recusals from members of the Commission? Mr. O. Um, I have a son that works uh, with Reinhardt who represents a couple people on item 7 and 8. I do not believe it would affect my decision, so, but just disclosing it. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, Mr. Shepard. Oh, um, I think originally I uh, noted that I would not be able to make our special meeting later this week. I will be able to make it, though. Yes. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, minutes of the February 6th meeting. Is there a motion to approve? Mr. Rui, seconded by Mr. Cantrell. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Opposed, no. Passes. Uh, okay. Note, regular meetings uh, March 6th and 20th and April 3rd and 24th. And then we have a joint meeting of the Plan Commission and the Long Range Transportation Planning Committee on Thursday, February 23rd from 5 to 6 in room 357 in this building and a special meeting the same night in a different room from 6 to 7 on the Comprehensive Plan Working Session. Okay, uh, routine business. April 24th? Yes. Okay, thank you, Mr. Mr. Rui? I'll not be at the meetings uh, this Thursday. Uh, and I will not be at the meeting on March 6th. Okay. Uh, routine business. Item 1, Legistar 45694. Uh, limited easement for property at 3331 Agriculture Drive. Item 2, uh, Legistar 45980. Authorizing the city to sell Outlot 17 in the village of Autumn Lake to Viridian Homes and option to purchase dated February 20, 2006. Uh, motion to approve the consent agenda moved by Mr. Cantrell, seconded by Mr. Shepard. Uh, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed? Opposed, no. Passes. New business. Item 3, Legistar 45662, approve the Connect Madison Economic Development Strategy. Dan Canelli is going to present. Dan, you're on. Great. Um, thanks, everybody. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come talk tonight. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Dan Canelli from the City's Economic Development Division staff. And here to give an update on our economic development plan, which we've dubbed uh, Connect Madison. So I'm just going to quickly go through what's in the strategy. I know you uh, had copies as part of your packet. Um, and then at the end, be happy to answer any questions you might have. Uh, first, I think it's worth going through what the process has been as we've worked on this plan over the last couple of years. Um, we really started back in the summer of 2014. We did a very detailed analysis of a wide range of economic data. 
then um, we uh, did a couple of community meetings and we did a big community symposium with about 200 people in attendance uh, to get some initial input. Then uh, from that, we developed uh, a draft set of essentially eight very broad goals and about 50 individual projects uh, within each of those goals. That work primarily being done by the city's economic development committee. Um, that, you know, there was a lot there. So then the question became prioritization and, and sifting. Um, so we went back to the community. We did another round of uh, meetings in different neighborhoods. We did another big event. Um, and we asked people, okay, what, what should we really prioritize in the city's economic development plan? Uh, and then we took that input and sifted and winnowed down to the five strategies and five priority one projects um, that are in the, the strategy now. And what, what, what we're doing um, over the next month or so is um, meetings like this, going to different city committees and commissions, uh, and hopefully taking the, the plan through the approval process at council. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, the real work and challenge is implementation. Um, so that's the, that's the process. Um, again, I'll just kind of walk through uh, a little bit of the detail, but the, the intent is that this is really a implementation-focused uh, strategy, and it's really going to drive our work plan and drive the, the projects and efforts that we work on and ultimately be folded into the comprehensive plan, which, as you all know, the, the city is beginning work on um, over the next few months. First, just to summarize all the community input that was done as part of this, um, as I mentioned, we did uh, some big uh, community events. We did meetings in different neighborhoods within the city. Uh, one thing we did which was kind of interesting is uh, we asked members of the community to write advisory papers, which are, are included as an appendix to the to the plan. Um, the Economic Development Committee has really spearheaded this uh, over the last uh, several months and years. Uh, we did meetings and, and presentations to various community groups around town. Um, we did a presentation at the city's neighborhood conference back in September. Uh, we also had a couple of high school uh, interns through the Wanda Fulmore internship program uh, this summer who did some interviews with their peers uh, and created a little video to get some uh, guidance on what uh, high school kids um, think should be in the city's economic development plan. Uh, and we did a, a lot of data analysis on the front end, which uh, there's a, another appendix in the plan that goes through uh, the data in detail. Um, it's getting a little stale now, so just wanted to share a couple of quick updates. Um, some of this is really uh, captured in the, in the early work of the comp plan as well. Um, so, so just a couple of quick data points that I think you might find somewhat interesting. First, the city is growing. Um, I think we all know this. Our population is growing at a pretty good clip, um, and we're projected to add a lot of people over the, over the next few decades. Um, this, of course, has major implications for the comprehensive plan um, and for the economic development strategy as well. Um, so Madison's growing uh, quickly. It's worth noting that the rest of the county is actually growing a little bit faster. Um, some not too long ago, uh, the, the city was most of the population of Dane County as of about the year 2000. Um, the rest of the, of the county now uh, is larger than, than the city of Madison. Uh, but we're growing a lot faster than the state as a whole. Um, you know, when it comes to sort of trying to measure an economy, um, gross domestic product is often the, the most kind of time-honored um, measure. 
Uh, and this is, this is a graph showing the GDP for the Madison MSA. Um, as you can see, we, we've been growing at a, at a nice uh, steady pace. Um, you know, in your, if you remember your Econ 101 class, you might recall that the technical definition of a recession is six uh, months of negative GDP growth. So I think it's worth noting that, you know, we had a little dip that you see here in 2009 or so, but uh, for all intents and purposes, the, the Madison regional economy really grew right through the recession. Um, of course, that translates into jobs. This is just showing job growth in Dane County. Um, as you can see, we uh, lost a few jobs in the county during the, during the recession, um, but have more than overcome uh, that loss over the, over the last few years. Um, I think it's also worth noting that if you compare Dane County uh, to the rest of the state of Wisconsin, by really any economic measure, whether it's job growth or innovation or GDP or what have you, um, we're really driving the state's economy in a lot of ways. Um, the Madison and Dane County, um, we really outpunch our, our weight class and we really um, are an engine for the, for the statewide economy. Um, this just shows total number of jobs in 2001 and 2015. And as you can see, um, Wisconsin as a whole added about 76,000 jobs during that time period. Dane County added about 43,000 jobs during that county. So Dane County's job uh, total employment grew by about 15% over that time period. Uh, the state of Wisconsin as a whole grew by about 3%. So, um, you know, kind of translating that, um, if you look at net job change during this 15-year time period, uh, Dane County created about 56% of total jobs in the, in the state. Uh, tax base is another uh, important measure, of course, of the state of our economy and the health of our, our city. Uh, this is just showing the total tax base of the city. Um, we're now uh, at about $23 billion in terms of the total taxable value of all the real estate in town. Again, a little bit of a dip during the recession and post-recession, but uh, we've recovered. Uh, average value of a single-family home, similarly, um, you know, topped out uh, – just before the recession, about 2007, and then dipped a little bit, but is now um, back, uh, back up. Finally, this is just new construction uh, in terms of total value created. This is single-family homes. This is condos and small apartment buildings. And then this is commercial, and commercial includes um, apartment buildings with eight or more units. Um, what you see here is there was a lot of construction going on during the boom years of the mid-2000s, and then it really came to a halt during the recession. Uh, but now, as we are all no doubt aware, um, the city is seeing a lot of development and a lot of uh, value being added, most of that commercial buildings, and most of that large, you know, 20-plus unit apartment buildings. So that's just a quick summary of some of the data. Again, there's a lot more detail and a lot more conclusions and findings in that appendix uh, of the strategy. So now to, to just get to the meat of, of the strategy, um, we uh, came up with these five broad strategies uh, that really ground um, the, the, what's in the document. So the first is about businesses and small businesses. So how do we create, um, you know, entrepreneurship and support the continuation of, of uh, business growth in the city. Second is really about development and tax base. Um, third, um, we, you know, we really looked at the economy and looked at some of our key clusters and key economic sectors 
Uh, and the third strategy is focused on how do we grow and capture uh, the potential of, of those key assets. Fourth is about transportation and more specifically about how do we um, do a better job as a community building the economic development case for more transportation investment. Uh, and then the last one is about career pathways for young people. Uh, and this came up a lot during the public outreach uh, that a key part of our economic development plan should be making sure that young people in Madison are growing into career opportunities and career pathways. So those are the five strategies, just to summarize them, you know, business development, key industries, transportation, and career pathways. Uh, for each of them, I'm just going to quickly go through a few things that the city is already doing on each of these five strategies. You know, part of what we wanted to do with this was take some of the things that we're already working on and um, embed them into a, a more um, strategic framework. And then second, I'm going to talk about the one priority, one project uh, that we've grabbed onto within each of these strategies. Um, there's also priority two projects, um, which are in the plan. And then finally, uh, for each of these, we also talked, uh, we also looked at them through an equity lens to um, specifically uh, think, prioritize things that would have a positive impact for low-income communities and communities of color in the, in the city. So um, I'll say a little bit about that for each one as well. So starting with the first strategy, which is really about business, there's a lot of things we're already doing. We have uh, various funding programs, new and existing. Um, you know, we have an Office of Business Resources, which provides a lot of services to businesses. Um, and, you know, it's a core function of, of our division. The priority one project within uh, this first strategy is what we're calling the Business Assistance Team, or, or BAT. Uh, somewhat modeled after the city's development assistance team. But the idea here would be to create uh, a single point of entry uh, for the business community, uh, particularly the small business community, and create a multi-agency team with uh, the different departments and divisions that touch and interact with businesses and have um, businesses uh, the, give them the opportunity to, not unlike uh, the development assistance team, put the different agencies in a room together to talk with that business uh, and, um, you know, help them with whatever it is that they need, whatever, however they're interacting with the city. Um, and, you know, I think important part, important first step of that is establishing our office, the Office of Business Resources, as the first point of contact for businesses. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, small businesses, particularly in the city, they, um, you know, they, they struggle figuring out who they need to talk to about what, um, licensing and permitting issues, um, other issues. So the, the idea would be to really try to consolidate that into a clear, um, a clear system. Um, looking at that from an equity standpoint, uh, you know, um, a lot of the structure that the city has, permits, licensing, you know, um, financing systems, there's a lot of barriers that created and a lot of privilege that gets created. Um, you know, I think we've seen this recently um, where businesses sometimes get confused. They struggle with interactions with the city. Um, so the, one of the goals of the, the BAT would be to really clean that up and really help um, drive and foster more entrepreneurship, particularly diverse entrepreneurship in the city. So that's the first uh, strategy. Uh, the second one is really about development. Um, again, there's certainly things that the city's already doing, um, which you are um, probably pretty aware uh, related to uh, fostering development. The priority one project um, that we've uh, 
uh, identified is we've been using the language develop Madison Development Districts. Um, that, that, that language can certainly change. But the idea is to really look at the city, identify areas that we would prioritize for development and redevelopment, um, designate them as development districts, um, signal to the development community that these are places in the city where we would like to see development, uh, and target our tools and incentives towards development and redevelopment in those areas. So the Affordable Housing Fund and TIF, land banking, um, you know, maybe tax credit programs, other things to really drive development in the areas of the city um, where we'd like to see it. Uh, and as part of that, um, really create a more robust land banking program in the city to be able to acquire key, key sites. Um, you know, this is really modeled to some degree uh, uh, after the success that the city has had over the last decade or so in the Capital East District. You know, the city created a, a very good plan, got a lot of neighborhood buy-in, um, strategically purchased some key sites, uh, and was patient with getting good development projects on those sites. And now, um, you know, as you can see along East Washington Avenue, development is really taking off. So part of the idea here is to really replicate that around the city. Um, it's worth noting that the, the Madison in Motion um, transportation plan had recommendations that sound a lot like this. And similarly, the city's recently created housing strategy did as well. So this is one um, that hopefully can be part of the comp plan, that can be part of our, our our work going forward. Uh, from an equity standpoint, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of growth in the city, but the growth tends to be concentrated in and around downtown. Um, so one of, the, one of the outcomes from this would be to hopefully drive more development into, into different parts of the, the city, different neighborhoods, and, uh, you know, continue to create uh, tax-based growth. Um, as we all know, you know, having a healthy and growing tax base is important to everything the city does, including programs and services around equity. Uh, the third strategy is uh, focused on key industry clusters in town and um, really thinking about what are our key uh, driving uh, assets and key uh, sectors. And from the data analysis, we really landed on a few uh, different ones, um, information technology, biotechnology, pre precision manufacturing, and food systems being the, the four that are really, you know, if you look at the data, they're really driving our job growth and driving our economic growth. Um, so sort of an economic development best practice is look at those key assets and industries you have and figure out how to take advantage of them and uh, encourage more growth within them. Um, there are certainly things we're already doing uh, on that front. The Madison Public Market, really creating a hub for our food system. Uh, investing in starting block is, uh, will be a, really a Midwest center of excellence around IT. Um, we're creating a technology business fund. We also do a lot of work with our regional partners through MADREP on this front. They do a lot of industry analysis to, to help with, um, you know, business attraction and other things. The priority one project within this strategy is um, doing more intentional and strategic business retention and expansion, or BRE, work, where we would, you know, identify lists of companies in these key target industries, go meet with them, learn about these industries, ask them questions about what they might need from the city, ask them about business-to-business -business relationships and maybe co-location of customers or suppliers, and really try to focus uh, outreach efforts to the business community on these sectors and figure out how we can foster more growth within them. Uh, from an equity standpoint, uh, you know, one thing that, 
national data tells us is that, um, you know, there's creating jobs and then there's creating good jobs, uh, meaning jobs with reasonable wages and career pathways and benefits. And, you know, one, one finding is that when you create jobs in these industry sectors where you have a competitive advantage, you tend to create better jobs. So fourth uh, is really about transportation. Uh, again, this came up again and again when we did all the community outreach. You know, we were asking what, what's important to grow our economy. And one of the answers we got back repeatedly was uh, transportation. Um, you know, as we looked at it, the, 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 the conclusion was that um, what the city, through its economic development strategy, should really focus on is building the economic case for more transportation investment. And perhaps this might be a piece that's been missing in a lot of the city's past dialogue about transportation is how do we get the private sector and private sector leaders in the city to really help drive the conversation around transit or, you know, regional transportation systems or other things. So our priority one project is really focused on that, building a, a business coalition around transportation, um, you know, doing the right messaging and trying to build momentum in the private sector around the idea of more uh, transit investments uh, in the city and in the region. From an equity standpoint, uh, um, you know, I think it goes without saying that a better transportation system helps people uh, access jobs. Um, you know, Madison Metro has done a lot of really interesting research around the disparities in bus service in town uh, between uh, different parts of the city, different communities within the city. Um, and, a, you know, a stronger, more robust transit system would be good for our economy, but also just good for, um, you know, a lot of people in the, in the city. So fifth and finally, uh, career pathways. Um, again, um, this was something that we heard when we went to the community that what, what th one thing that we need to focus on is making sure that young people, particularly, you know, people graduating out of our high schools, particularly youth of color in the city, are finding their way towards career pathways that allow them to stay in the city, that allow them to move up the career ladder and, and get, um, you know, self-sustaining jobs and opportunities. So it does some things related to this already. Um, so um, the question then is, is what else can we be doing? The, the priority one project that we landed on um, within this strategy is really focused on work-based learning opportunities. Um, you know, one thing, one place where the city can add value is helping connect um, the school district and young people to uh, outside the classroom work-based learning opportunities. And the city itself can really be a platform for that. You know, we've got many different agencies and departments that do a lot of different things um, and providing more opportunities for young people to have internships and, uh, and other opportunities within the city is something we can do here. Um, you know, the school district is working uh, very hard on um, their, this the major initiative that you're likely aware of around um, pathways um, for, for young people and, and more sort of focused learning experiences. So, you know, I think with, with, with this one, we would really look to the school district to take the lead and, um, you know, and ask the question, how can the city add value to that initiative? Um, again, from an equity standpoint, I think this one speaks for itself in terms of the, the equity lens and equity implications. Um, so with that, I'll, I'll stop. Um, this is just a summary. Again, five strategies, five priority one projects, um, and we can go back to that. In terms of next steps, um, we are going through the approval process um, with the uh, resolution that's before you tonight. Um, 
you know, hopefully that will uh, wrap up in the next month or so. Uh, and then the, then the conversation shifts to implementation. So um, looking at these five priority one projects, what should we focus on first? Um, you know, what, what warrants spending uh, time and effort and resources over the next year, two years? Um, and how do, we, how do we move these forward? So, you know, our next step after approval would be uh, to start thinking carefully about that, how it relates to our work plan within EDD. Um, what we've talked about is doing a, a brief white paper for, uh, for each of the Priority One projects, laying out some clear next steps, assigning responsibilities among different staff, um, working with our partners, um, talking about, you know, uh, outcomes and, and timelines and things like that. Um, and that's, um, that's, that's kind of where we are. So uh, I, will, I will leave it at that and happy to answer any questions you have. Questions? Mr. Shepard? Um, two quick questions. One, in terms of you mentioned the um, business retention expansion, are you working with local stakeholders to, in terms of that program? I'm thinking in particular uh, MATC in the district in terms of training, uh, once again, young people getting them in the workforce, meeting business demands. And the second question is more uh, in terms of your office. Do you, I'm just curious, do you have the resources uh, to sort of, you know, help this plan along in terms of IT and personnel? I'm thinking right now in terms of planning, planning, the planning division is sort of in a nomad sort of existence right now with transitioning and that sort of, but I'm just right. curious, your office, do you have the uh, resources necessary to actually do this? Yeah, um, so to go to the first question, um, we, you know, we have had a lot of good conversation with uh, Madison College about several pieces of this uh, strategy, um, but particularly the one that you mentioned, the strategy three and the, the, the idea of really focusing on these key industries. Um, and, you know, they're very attuned to what's, what's happening in the economy because they're focused on training the workforce to meet those needs. Um, so we'll, you know, we certainly would anticipate continuing to work with them. And then to your second question about capacity, I mean, that's, of course, going to be the big issue and the big challenge. Um, you know, as you saw, the, this, this strategy is really designed to be, you know, kind of proactive. It's not one where it's a, it's a, it's not a policy document saying here's how we're going to respond to things. It's a, it's a document focused on identifying some projects and then hopefully going and doing those projects. So that raises the question of, well, who and how do you do that? You know, within our office, within the Economic Development Division, um, the Office of Business Resources is now uh, fully staffed uh, after a long period of not being fully staffed. Um, we are uh, this week talking about our work plan within OBR and thinking about these, um, you know, these these projects and, and how we can realistically accomplish them. Um, you know, as with all city departments and uh, and agencies, there's a, we you know we have to deal with a lot of incoming stuff. So then the challenge is always, well, how do you go do things more proactively? But I think there's I think there's ways we can we can do that. Um, and certainly some of these projects we're already really talking about. Thank you. Mr. Rob? I'm very curious. So the 1% growth in the city of Madison has been sustained for a long time. That's very good, and I think the strategies you develop are very good. But have you examined best practices around the country? For example, Minneapolis, Austin, Portland, some of these communities to 
test what your strategy are versus what the rest of the country is doing that maybe have a higher percentage growth? They may have 4 or 5% growth over the last 10 years. And then I'm looking at things like affordable housing. Um, does the best practice come into that, what these other communities are doing that helped you develop a strategy? Well, I mean, we did look at we, we looked at case studies of um, programs and projects in other places that um, related to what, you know, what we from our data and from the community input, what we heard are people's priorities. So, you know, we did look at case studies once we had started to flesh out what our priority projects were, um, and some of them were from cities that you mentioned. Um, you know, and, and we've looked at other just economic development programs around the around the country. Um, you know, you mentioned Austin, um, which, you know, from a, a structural standpoint, their economic development office, um, you know, we within our economic development division, we have the Office of Business Resources and we have the Office of Real Estate Services. They, you know, they're, um, you know, they have, like, the Office of Small Business Development, the Office of, you know, kind of global business recruitment. Um, their uh, culture and creative stuff is in their economic development division. There's a lot, there's a lot more, um, you know, business um, focus, um, I think, than, than we have, and a lot more uh, particularly attraction work um, that some of the more faster-growing communities have. Does that answer your question? And then, yeah, we have. And then from an affordable housing standpoint, you know, um, since the city has recently worked on a housing strategy with a strong emphasis on affordable housing, we didn't really delve into that particular issue in the, in the economic development plan, um, just because it's addressed in, in that other strategy. Divisions within the city of Madison that would handle that. Yeah. That more yeah. Right. yeah. You finished, Mr. Ruff? Okay, Mr. Cantrell? Um, this is an excellent report. Um, my question is, uh, obviously Madison is a growing community and economic engine of Dane County, but the other communities in Dane County are growing as well, and, and some a little bit faster. Uh, are you working with the other communities in, in Dane County on their strategies? Are they similar to ours? Are you? Uh, I guess that's my question, that there should be a, a, like a... Um, a growth strategy or a, a business strategy for the county at large rather than just uh, the city? Yeah, we, we do um, mostly through uh, MADREP, the Madison Region Economic Partnership, and they, they have a parallel strategy that's called the Advance Now Plan. Um, you know, their geography is Dane County plus every county that touches Dane County, so it's an eight-county um, you know, eight area, so it's pretty big. Um, and they, you know, they convene regular meetings with the economic development, you know, leadership from the different communities around, um, around the region. And, you know, with, with like the strategy three, the one that's focused on the specific industries, we worked pretty closely with them to identify those. So, I mean, in that regard, we do work with our neighboring communities. Um, certainly, we could do that more. Thank you. You finish? Okay. Ms. Um, Ms. Berger next. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed reading this report, so thank you. And it's pretty, too. So it's easy to read. That's um, the most important. Yeah. 
Uh, so, so I just one thing that I was a little surprised on, though, just in your last slide, when I was reading it and I saw the five strategies, and it, you know, it seems like you've done sifting and winnowing to get to this point of the five strategies, and then they're called priority one projects and action plan. It, it sounded to me like all this was was going to happen, but then in your last slide, I thought maybe it sounded like. Are you saying that? When you work on prioritization, it's just a question of which ones you work on first, or is it a possibility that you know you only have the capacity to do one or two of these, and the other ones are just going to have to be someday wish list? Well, I mean that's a good question, you know, and I think I think we sort of ease into it um, and you know and pick one or two and say let's really focus on that. Um, you know, one of the they're all pretty different. Um, you know, like the first one, for example, which is the business assistance team, that, that one would be mostly an internal city effort, and it would mostly about or, be about organizing a lot of things that we already do to try to do them better. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't really require a lot of outside partners necessarily, though we would have some. It wouldn't necessarily even require a lot of um, funding. Um, you know, so that would be one that seems to me like some low-hanging fruit um, you know, the strategy three, which is the industry-focused outreach, you know, similarly, it's maybe more about kind of organizing, being more strategic with things that we're already doing. Some of the other ones uh, would require a heavier lift in terms of funding and effort, um, but ones like the transportation one and the career pathways one also could draw in hopefully a lot of partners who are to some degree already working on those issues. So I, I think one of the things that we'll think about um, as we move into implementation is, you know, what should we really focus our time and effort on and what should we try to build partnerships around um, and, you know, and, and what are the, of course, the, you know, the funding implications of all of these. Um, I don't know if that answered your question directly, but, yeah. but I, I think the hope would be at some level we would focus on all of five of these, okay. uh, but not necessarily right away. And some of them, I think we would hope that we can work with our partners and maybe be more of a supporter and cheerleader for things rather than really driving them. Yeah, I think I was particularly thinking with the second and fourth ones, um, the transportation and the development district, just how timely it would fit in with the comp plan. Right. And if, you know, it got pushed off five years, obviously, it wouldn't, it wouldn't go into this current comp plan. So I guess there's timing and funding and all sorts of things. Play. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think particularly with the strategy two, you know, I think that is really should be one that's really rooted in the comp plan. You know, and a lot of the, from what I've seen with the comp plan, a lot of the early work of focusing on what are the areas of change within the city, um, you know, I think is gravitating towards something that sounds a little bit like that development district concept. So, you know, and there I think we would look to the you know our colleagues in the planning division and other departments to. to to figure out how we can, um, you know, how we can help. Thank you. Alder Carter. Whoops, sorry. Thank you. Um, yes, I enjoyed reading this report myself, which I found shocking. But um, I will say that regarding affordable housing, are we looking at the trend that we're going to have more urban dwellers that are not young. We're going to get more families in the urban areas, and for us, that would be downtown. Are we looking at more affordable housing downtown? And 
Are we looking at the possibility of having a high school downtown? Hmm. Well, um, I'm not sure about the high school question. Um, you know, I think I think one one thing that that question brings up is, you know, I mentioned before the city is working on a housing strategy in parallel, and you know, we're really hoping that that is the, the guiding document around affordable housing. But I think one one question one thing that's implied in your question is um, housing affordable housing as it relates to where the jobs are, um, which is a, a challenge in this city um, because. Um, <coughs> there's a mismatch between where we are concentrating affordable housing and where we have lots of opportunities for um, jobs. So I think, I think one thing that's incumbent on, on us from an economic development standpoint is to make sure that we're thinking about where the affordable housing is and where the jobs are and trying to put them close together and or have better transportation solutions so people can get to jobs. Thank you. Anyone else? I have one last one. Uh, I was particularly intrigued with your preliminary presentation, and I uh, was wondering if the, the slide where you had Madison wages going up and up and up, if you could uh, do another one that would adjust for inflation in uh, $2017 so we'd see real, sure. uh, real, real income growth? Yes. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Thanks. I'd appreciate it. Anyone else? Then thank you. Thank you. You might as well leave the slide up because we do have some testimony oh, sure. coming. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we have two registrants, one wishing to speak, Susan Schmitz, uh, 210 Marinette Trail, uh, representing DMI. Three minutes. Thank, thank you. I don't even need three minutes. It's really nice to see all of you. Um, DMI has been involved. My name is Susan Schmitz, yes, and I am representing uh, Downtown Madison Incorporated. We've been um, involved with, with um, this strategy, this economic development plan, um, with Dan and his team since the beginning, and it's been a great, great process. So I just I need to say that and thank Dan and everyone for, um, for all of their work. Um, those those first few meetings, there were just there were hundreds of people there. I don't know how many of you were there, but it, it was it was terrific. It was a great process. We strongly support the five strategies, um, with a focus on obviously development, affordable housing, which we have written a white paper on affordable housing um, that um, Matt Walker has helped us with. And um, it's available on our website. And then, of course, transportation, which I think many of you know that we are <coughs> extremely passionate about, um, about transportation at DMI. And all of those, those three main issues fit right into our civic agenda. And we also very much appreciate the equity lens that was done. Thank you, Dan. It was excellent because all the, that, it had, that needs to be done. It's part of the city strategy and, of course, part of of um, our civic agenda. So I just want to thank Dan and his group in the city of Madison. I think this is fabulous. Thanks so much. Questions from Ms. Schmitz? Thank you. Thanks. Uh, finally, we have one, uh, one registrant, Gary Peterson, in support available to answer questions. So, uh, discussion or a motion? <clears throat> Mr. Cantrell? I move approval of uh, this document. 
Seconded by Mr. Rui. Discussion? I, uh, I, this is an excellent document. And um, um, one, one um, point that Mr. Canale made in the initial presentation was the job growth of Dane County versus the state. I think that's very important. And, and I think that we should share that with our uh, people at, at the state, uh, the governor, the legislature, and, and, and show that the, uh, Dane County is important and that, um, and that we are an economic engine for this, for this state. So I, again, I think this is an excellent report and uh, wholeheartedly support it. Thank you. Anyone else? Then all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Uh, passes unanimously. Uh, we'll move right into public hearings. Um, is the consent agenda still the same? Five is pulled. Five is pulled. Yep. Okay. So for those of you who aren't uh, regulars here, I, I'll explain how we're going to proceed. We have what we call a consent agenda, which we take up all the items that everyone agrees to. No one insists on speaking on. We take them all up. The people who are here for those get to go home and enjoy the rest of their evening. And then the rest of us stick around and grapple with those that are left and have some controversy associated with them. So I will read off the consent agenda, which also will include items referred to future meetings. Uh, item four, Legistar, and some of these have registrations? Yes, they do. Okay. Um, item four, Legistar 45529, a demolition permit for surf and reconstruction of surf. We have a number of registrants. Uh, Alder Mike Verveer in support. Gary Brown, representing UW-Madison, in support. Uh, Walter Johnson uh, of Milwaukee, in support, representing UW-Madison. Aaron Williams, representing UW, in support. Jeff Borak, uh, in support. And Ann Hayes in support, not wishing to speak. Are there any questions for the registrants who are in support and available to answer questions? Seeing none, well, we'll just move right on. Uh, the next one, item five is not on the consent agenda. Item six, Legistar 45656. Uh, conditional use for a private parking facility at 5202 High Crossing Boulevard. Uh, Chad Chemnitz, 300 Cottonwood Avenue, Heartland. Uh, in support, available to answer questions, representing Russ Darrow Group. Item 8, legis seven, 7 and 8 together. Uh, Legistar 45037, changing zoning at 6102 Odana Road from MXC to SE. And item 8, Legistar 45001, approving the preliminary plat of CUNA lands and a certified survey map of property owned by CMFG Life Insurance Company located at 6102 Odana Road 
and 6001 Mineral Point Road. Uh, we have one registrant, Steve Serkis, uh, 2226 20, West Glenbrook Mequon in support, representing General Capital, Fox Point, Wisconsin. Uh, Doug Buck, uh, 150 Skillman Street, representing CUNA Mutual. Nathan Wachter, Wachter, uh, uh, Reinhardt Law Firm, I believe. Uh, those are all uh, in support available to answer questions. Uh, <coughs> items 9, 10, and 11 are to be referred to the March 6th meeting. Uh, I'll read those. Item 9, Legistar 45541, changing zoning uh, of property at 1302 to 1430 Reiner Road from A Agricultural to TR-C3 Traditional Residential Consistent 3 and creating uh, new uh, ordinance language, changing the zoning at the same address from agricultural district to TRU1, traditional residential urban one district. Item 10, Legistar 45250, approving the preliminary, prelim, preliminary plat and final plat of Woods Farms on the property at the same address and item 11, Legistar 45533, conditional use for a demolition permit to demolish two single-family residences at 1318 and 1402 Reiner Road. That is the consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve? Moved by Mr. Rui, seconded by Mr. Cantrell. Uh, all those in favor say aye. Uh, no, uh, all those opposed say no. Uh, those are approved. For those of you uh, who are here on those items, enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, that brings us to item five, uh, Legistar 45655, uh, conditional use to construct an addition to the existing stadium in Warner Park at 2920 North Sherman Avenue. Uh, we have uh, one registrant wishing to speak, Tim Nelson, 1014 Forster Drive, near the supporting, nor opposing, wishing to speak. Well, you, um, uh, the, the staff doesn't feel it's necessary at this point. Uh, Mr. Nelson, you've got three minutes. If you need an additional one, it will be provided. I don't mean to cause any trouble by speaking. But a simple question is, if there are any plans to change the lighting of the stadium there go along with this. Because I looked in the uh, duct line maps and plans PDF that you've got, and it's on pages 29 through 34 of that. There are several lighting maps, but they're very general. They don't really address if there would be more standards or anything like that. And the one main reason why I'm asking that question is uh, last year the city lit or lighted the basketball courts in Warner Park, and they used a very modern type of lighting that directed the lighting right down on the courts, and there is no side glare at all to the lighting. So if Vern can address that, that's my only concern. 
All right, well, he's the next registrant. Thank you. So um, thank you. If, if there are questions for you, I'll, I'll bring you back up. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. All right, thanks. thanks. Uh, the next registrant is Vern Stenman, 1417 Morrison Street, in support available to answer questions. Come on up. You obviously have a question to answer. Um, hopefully it's a short answer. Uh, no, <laughs> there aren't any uh, changes to the lighting uh, at, the, at the stadium. Uh, basically, we included the lighting system that was installed in 2004. I think there was a request from staff or as part of the uh, submittal to provide a lighting plan for the facility, and so that's what we did. That was the, the, uh, the extent of the, the reason that that was in there. So it's, it's the exact same system we've had for years. Um, and tonight's the first night I've heard any comments from the neighborhood uh, regarding our lighting, so hopefully we're in a good spot there. Thank you. Questions? Yes, there are. Mr. Rui first. Thank you. Um, did you install the original lights? The City of Madison. So we're, we're a tenant of the City of Madison Parks Division. So it's a City so of Madison city, issue. city owns uh, the stadium, and they put the lights in in 2004. And I, I recall I was at Plan Commission, I believe. Were you on Plan Commission at that time? Because I remember, I think, no. having questions from you or someone. But I don't um, <laughs> Way back when. But the question I've got is, uh, actually, I live north of this. And I'm not impacted by the lights, but yeah. um, it's quite an impact on all the lighting in Warner Park. Sure. And none of it is in compliance with city ordinance, except for apparently the new basketball court. <laughs> uh, uh, example is... Um, the skate park on East Wilson has shielded lights, yep. and I think all new lighting, uh, and the city's the main culprit, should have shielded lights if they're outdoor lighting. And I, perhaps it's not my question of you, but of city staff, the parks department, and I believe when they installed them, they should have been dark sky compliant, but they weren't. So uh, yeah. since this is a, a conditional use, and, and it states that everything's in conformance with this conditional use, is it really... In conformance when the lighting isn't I, I do believe the new lighting system and I, again it's not my I, I, I'm not technically the one who should answer that question I believe that the lighting at the baseball stadium is in compliance with dark sky ordinances I think the rest of the lighting for softball and other facilities in the area may not be I'll differ with that because there's no shielding on the lights in any form uh, and to be in conformance they have to be shielded and uh, the skate park is shielded, for example, and there's no shielding on these lights. Uh, you know, but, you're going to have to address my, but that. But it sounds like I have to, it has to be addressed to the park commission and to have the city of Madison be, get in compliance yep. with their own ordinances on stuff that they install. Uh, because it's quite a glow bomb up there, and nothing against you guys. You do sure, good. You do a great job. But Thank you. It's a glow bomb on the north side, uh, and there's got to be a way to reduce that. What's going on? Yeah, from our perspective, we're not opposed to that at all. I mean, if there's a, a way for it to have okay. less impact, that'd be great. But it's not it, within our purview. It's not, it's not you. It's actually the city. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions for Mr. Sunman? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, the last registrant is Dick Vock, uh, 706 Forest View, Verona, in support available to answer questions. So... I'll close the public hearing. Is there a motion? Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Cantrell? Move approval. Is there a second? Uh, Mr. Plesky seconds. Discussion? Mr. Rui? 
I'm going to vote in favor, but I want to make the statement that I like the City of Madison, especially the Parks Department, take a look at the compliance of the lighting and get it in compliance to Madison Ordinance, which is separate from the Madison Mallards purview. But just a statement I want to make as I vote in favor. Mr. Pileski, you can't second. We have a full body tonight, so Mr. King will be the second. Thank you, and thank you, Mr. Rui. So noted. Mr. Cantrell? I just want to say that this is a nice improvement to this venue, and I think that it's going to be a nice addition, and I look forward to it. Thank you. Any further discussion? All those in favor, then, say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Passes unanimously. Business by members. Secretary's report. Sure. At our next meeting on Thursday, I just wanted to clarify what we've decided to do. The LRTPC will meet starting at 5 o'clock, and the Plan Commission will be joining them at that meeting to hear comments and a staff presentation on the High Point Raymond Neighborhood Development Plan. Based on our understanding that we will have a few members of the public coming, we wanted to try to streamline that portion of the meeting for them and for staff giving the presentation. It worked out well. We found another room. And so what we'll do, we are hoping and thinking that that portion of the meeting will be over by 6. If it's not, the Plan Commission will, you know, basically walk out and go down to a different room, 103A in this building, and begin our hour-long conversation on the comprehensive plan. And so we'll keep those two meetings separate and fairly tight. Just wanted to explain that again. So you'll start at 5 o'clock in room 357 of this building, and then we'll move to room 103A at 6 o'clock for the comprehensive plan update. And then on our next regular meeting of March 6th, I'm just going to mention a few highlights. We'll have an informational presentation by the UW for their forthcoming campus master plan associated with the Campus Institutional Zoning District. And they intend to bring that forward this spring and summer. We're seeing the formal review process probably beginning in April or May of this year. And then the second item that is worth highlighting is the 302 South Gammon Road. There's a rezoning request from Suburban Employment to Mixed-Use Center for several buildings in Phase 1 of a larger mixed-use project involving mixed-use office, residential, and commercial retail buildings at 302 South Gammon Road. And several other small items on the agenda. On March 20th, it's not listed on your agenda this evening, but there will be another update from the comprehensive planning team. I think that, you know, we're just finishing Phase 1 of that comprehensive plan process over the next few weeks. And so while you'll get a generous update this Thursday, we want to come back before this body and share as that Phase 1 wraps up. Any loose ends that we still need to bring before this body will be on March 20th. So we're looking forward to upcoming meetings. Thank you. Motion to adjourn. Mr. Alderkin. Heather, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. So this map that was just handed out to us on the High Point Neighborhood Plan, 
It's the same as it, you, you basically have this information already in your packets, but based on a request from a commissioner, I think a good one, this one just includes street names for orientation. Right. And so, um, and why does, so since one of the biggest issues at um, peril here is the bike paths um, associated with the end of Jeffy Trail, it seems like those ought to be on here too. And, um, and I'm also wondering why we're showing on this, uh, and I'm just thinking of all of the controversy related to this project, that specifically that one, why we're showing an extension of Trevor Way to an extension of Jeffy Trail that can't possibly happen because we've already built out Trevor Way to a cul-de-sac. So I, I must say I don't have the map that you have in front of me. Um, we, I'll, I'll, I we, can talk afterwards. We, I mean, we did really just want to provide one with those orienting streets, but we, we, should, we should talk afterwards and... Okay. I can I can touch base with staff tomorrow and figure this out in okay. advance of Thursday. Just an FYI, I'm gonna, I'm the one that did not um, say I was gonna leave LRTPC. Yep. So I'm going to march with quorum. So if they can stay with quorum in LRTPC, then I'm gonna go to, with the planning commission. And if not, I have to stay because the other two I think said they were coming, right? So I'll be the decider at the last minute. That's good. Anything else? Motion to adjourn. All those in favor? Aye. We're adjourned. Thank you, everybody.